Welcome to your Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Martin, here with Chris Frank and uh, for our St. Louis Blues season preview episode. So it's going to be a little different than normal. So um, for right now, me and Chris are going to record and give our views. And then also, you're going to have at the end of this podcast, we're going to have a roundtable. Uh, Chris may or may not be joining us I'll be for here. that one. So we'll see how that's going on later this week. But also our friends Jeff Ponder and... Mike Pepping of the KSTK Faceoff Show will be with us to give us a little uh, more in-depth analysis of the St. Louis Blues. Basically everything you ever wanted to know about the St. Louis Blues but were afraid to ask, we're going to go ahead and answer. So we'll go ahead and me and Chris will go into the uh, finer details to start and then we'll do kind of a general one with uh, Jeff and Mike. So the Blues coming into the season, once again knocked out uh, disappointingly in the playoffs, uh, by Chicago Blackhawks losing, and once again, losing in the first round, four yep. games to two, uh, to, let me wrong, really awesome team, but also frustrating that it's a, once again, you can't make the next step. Yeah, you know, it's, there is nothing to hang your hat, or to hang your head about when you lose the last three years to Chicago, LA, LA. Mm-hmm. I mean, those three teams have done nothing but win Stanley Cups. Yeah, two of those, two of those. Yeah, two of them yeah. won the cup. Yeah, so. yeah. So you know, in that standpoint, hey man, you know, you're losing to teams that are going the distance. The downside is, we as the St. Louis Blues fans have, you know, we follow the media. We know what everyone says, and everyone's really high on this team. You know, last season, going into this season, the Blues were the sexy pick to win the Cup. Um, you know, they they had a great regular season. They made a blockbuster trade at the trade deadline to address what was widely conceived to be the one question mark in this team, which was goaltending. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the same end result. I mean, almost to the way they lost every game or won every game, the, the exact same game, result. The sixth game. Yeah. Right. So, you know, th- there's frustration there. Um, and, you know, there was, it's kind of like when you watch your favorite TV show and they leave you, leave you with that cliffhanger that you go, God, how are they, what are they going to do? How's this going to change? Like, what's going to happen when they come back? You know, the cliffhanger at the end of this season was, where do they go? Yeah. You know, you have a team that, that pushed all in. I mean, they put all their chips to the middle of the table in that Ryan Miller deal to win a Stanley Cup and got no further than they did the year before. Yep. So, and disappointing to say the least. So I think the fan base is at the point of not even caring about the regular season almost to do. I think, I think most, I agree. I think most hardcore fans are in most, even, even like the pundits out there have said the same thing. Like this team just really wants to wait till April. Like they just want to get to that point, and that's when this team is going to be judged. Just like last year, that's why they'd be judged. So. Well, I think that you look at this team and you go back through history and you look at you know this is a team that still holds the record. It could be tied this year by the Detroit Red Wings, but still holds the record. I believe tied with Seattle Mariners. 
for most times in the, the most consecutive years making the playoffs at, at 24 Mariners years. Or Super Sonics. I think it was the Mariners. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, you know, you, you look at that and this is a fan base that for the majority of its lifespan as a team, 47 years, is used to play just good enough to get into the playoffs. And then once you get into the playoffs, you fizzle out. Yeah, or just you know, something right. Happens. I, as a fan, have never seen this team go further than the conference finals, nope. which was 98, 99, 99 one of those years, yeah. against Colorado, and they lost in six. six. So, you know, I used to always laugh that you could always count on the Blues to win the first round and lose the second round. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a team who I believe now – the fan base is secure with knowing we're going to make the playoffs. Um, it, it's no longer a, you know, God, can we make it? It's not like, oh, wait, where we scratched to get in and then the next year we just missed the cut. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're going to get in. It is now, I want a cup. Yeah. So, uh, let's go into the, uh, no more, some numbers here. Record last year at 52, 23, and 7. Good for 111 points. The best season statistically from mm-hmm. a wins-loss wins, standpoint yeah. uh, in St. Louis Blues history. Yep. Uh, conference overall, we're third. Uh, overall, fourth in NHL. So really good, to say the least. Defense, or excuse me, offense, to go first, 2.92 goals per game. Tied for sixth in the league. Defense, 2.29 goals against average. Third in the league. So pretty much top tier team we were looking at there everything was there power play which this is the power play numbers are inflated in my opinion 19.8 percent tied for fifth just because the blues had this like tremendous start for 15 20 Dude, years and every it seems year like they didn't do anything the rest of the year and they were basically held on to that first thing for the longest time because they pretty much scored on every power play for, for the, the first, first like 15 10 games. games yeah so uh, but the penalty kill once again second in the league uh good at 85.7 percent uh, their Corsi and Fenwick is also very good. Both seventh in the league. Uh, exact same stat, 53.1% for Corsi and Fenwick. Uh, uh, let's go a little more, a little different more stats here. The ice time leaders at forward and defense. Alexander Steen, 20 minutes a game, 20 minutes, 16 seconds average. And defense, Petrangelo, Alex Petrangelo, 25 point, uh, 25 minutes, 21 seconds. So, uh, Coach Ken Hitchcock in for his uh, third year. One-year deal. Yep. So, what does that tell you? So basically get it done or we might move on. Correct. So let's go with the additions of this team. Eh, believe it or not, quite a bit. The Blues are going for it. Uh, the biggest addition, of course, uh, Paul Stasny signed a four-year, $28 million contract. That's big. That's an awesome contract on top of that. And the Blues also brought over uh, – the guy who nobody thought we'd ever would hear from, Yori Laterra. Which, uh, honestly, I think is just as big of a deal as Stastny. Yep. Uh, I think that's going to be a surprise uh, signing around the league. Another one that brought in, uh, Joachim Lindstrom, was brought in as a uh, uh, he's a friend of Alexander Steen and basically the scoring leader in the uh, Swedish uh, Tier 2 league, yep. or SEO league, uh, and was the playoff MVP last year who won their quote-unquote like Stanley Cup deal. Sure. Excuse me. And a big trade that was brought in. They uh, no more signing. Uh, Chris Butler, another St. Louis guy, yep. was brought in. Another Chaminade so. kid. Correct. Uh, another new guy, Carl Gunnarsson. He was on a trade in for uh, Roman Polak on a draft day. Draft, yeah, draft day. day. 
second day. Yeah. Which, you know what? I'm fine with that trade. Yeah, we'll get into that. So our uh, departures, key departures, uh, Ryan Miller, Vladimir Saboka, Derek Roy, Roman Polak, and Brendan Morrow. So And Polak. Did you say Polak? Yes, I did. Okay. So uh, interesting. Uh, let's go into the additions first. Paul Stastny was needed, to say the least. Paul Stastny was needed on multiple fronts. The, the Blues needed a second pivot, pretty much. They didn't have that uh, go-to centerman after Bacchus. Bacchus was pretty much the number one center and shutdown center. Yes. And I think it just wore him down. I think that's just been grinding on him. I think yep. having Paul Stastny there now is like another another guy who could like shoulder the offensive load. So Bacchus maybe can... In a game, say that's tight, you can put backs out there as a shutdown shut down somebody. Guy. Yeah, you know, I from a hockey standpoint, we needed Stasny for everything that you just said. From a marketing and fan base standpoint, you needed Paul Stasny because you needed to re-engage the fan base, which I think, uh, which I think it did, it a hundred percent did. You know, and we talked, we about, saw that during the Iceberg yep, event. I mean, we talked crazy. about this as we did our season wrap up last year that the Blues needed to do something to show this team that they weren't going to stand by and just kind of try to shrug off this year. And they did that. You know, they, it became obvious very quickly when we resigned, uh, Brian Elliott that Miller was going to go away. And if that's the case, fine. You know, we could roll with, with Elliott and Allen, but there needed to be something brought in, uh, a, a big name in their prime to appease the fan base and show that we're addressing one of our big issues, which is putting the puck in the net in August. Or, I'm sorry, in, in April. Yeah, so that's been, that was a big deal. As we said, they were tied for a sixth uh, you know, offense in the goals per game overall. So yep. I mean, they were scoring. It's just like they just dried up. As uh, the stat, the power play went two for 29 against Chicago. Oh. Uh, that was killer. That's that's uh, that's your series. Yeah, if they figured a couple of those games where they lost game three, one to nothing. Figured if they had went even three or four for 29, yep. like that could, there's two goals right there. That could have been the game. Who knows? Yeah, you know, Hands down. Um, or the overtime one, you know, when yep. King, uh, scored, if they scored a power play goal in that game, that would have been, yeah. Same. So, mean, it's little stuff like that where, um, is where the blues are missing out. It's I agree. Little things like they got, I think the P like, as they had the slogan years ago, the missing piece or whatever, like I think the pieces are there. It's just a matter of getting them assorted right, yeah, and having those pieces basically perform when the time is needed. Um, let me wrong. Like I really liked Ryan Miller, and he just didn't perform to the standards. Yeah, uh, I agree. For a guy who wanted, he wound up getting three years, eighteen million dollars from uh, Vancouver. Like we could not go that way. Yeah, but you know Vancouver happened, was in the same situation. They and the difference center. between Vancouver and St. Louis was Ryan Miller didn't crap out in vancouver last year yeah so that would have been hanging over his head who knows how even been. even if ryan miller had taken us to the second round and then fallen apart it would have been, the same it would have been different you know you could have said hey look the guy just needs you know we need to get acclimated we saw flashes we're going to be okay you know if, if ryan miller gets you past the chicago blackhawks and then you lose the fan pace, I think, is okay. Got it. And the thing, because like, you beat the Blackhawks. God, and the thing that even made me like even more mad after that, it's like, and then um, the Colorado, comment after Colorado that lost, yeah. you know, and then the com all the comment too, but which was out of context, but where basically he said, "What are you, you going to do after this?" He's like, "Well, I got to go to my sister in law's wedding or something." It's like, oh, don't say that fifteen minutes after you just lost right. the series, where you just completely imploded in that game and lost 
six was six to one or something like that. So correct. Um, anyway, let's go with uh, another addition: the L- Yori Laterra signing, which um, came out of nowhere. Basically, uh, him and Doug Armstrong met each other during like by chance. It wasn't even a plan. I thought it was a plan meeting, but it was yeah. actually just like they saw each other in a dining hall, and he just walked up to him and said, "Hey, what's going on?" And basically got a talking, and Laterra said, "Hey." Um, yeah, I made a mistake. Like, I wouldn't mind coming over. And Doug Armstrong said, hey, you get out of your contract, like, legally, let us know. Like, we can't do anything. So yeah, let me know. And then Lotera paid, I've seen anywhere from 750000 to a $1 million of his own money. Basically paid, basically oh. then wound up playing, I don't want you to get paid, but most of your salary, he paid back to them to get out of his contract and then was able to sign with the blues and got a like two year, $5 million contract pretty much. Um, and he's looked good. And from the highlights I've seen and all the reports I've seen, and he's been paired with Tarasenko and they've obviously doing good because Tarasenko was tied for the Dude, lead. They look in, great together. He was tied for the lead, uh, league lead and goals during the preseason with four, uh, not playing tonight. So he's not gonna be able to add to that, but, uh, Lothar had his having three. So blues, uh, I think, Hopefully things are, these are the two kind of things that are going to help out with Laterra is not only a, can be offensive threat, but yeah, he plays a two way game. So another, I think the underrated signing of the whole thing is going to be the Joachim Lindstrom signing. I think he's going to want a lot of people up, are high on him, man. Um, he, lo- I mean, from what I've said, everybody said he looks good. I think he's, I'm not saying this guy's going to wind up turning in like the Pavel Dimitra where he came out of nowhere and scored like 30 or something like that, but he might be able to pot like, do 15 and 15, which that's for 700,000. That's steal. Yes. You have like 15 and 20 or something like that. That's like 35 points. I'll take it, you know, for he can be a socket, a solid, socket, solid, uh, second, third line guy. I'll yep. take it. Uh, defense wise, like Carl Gunnarsson's not, not healthy. Not gonna be able to start the season out after off season hip surgery. But uh, like we talked about in our last podcast, it was like Pateri Lindbaum will probably be our surprise rookie. Might be taking a spot cool. for the now. Um, Chris Butler, unfortunately, looks like not going to be able to make the team. Gets it down to Chicago. Um, cleared waivers. Uh, I think everything else is looking good there. Blues decide to go with the Elliott-Jake Allen combo. Um, that's probably, yeah, like Chris just made a sign of the cross. So, like I said, I think uh, if Elliott has the Brian Elliott of the time he's been in St. Louis, the Blues will be fine. If he's the Brian Elliott of the Colorado near the end of his Ottawa run, could have issues, and uh, who knows how Jake Allen could perform. Some people I've seen the "quote unquote" surprise prediction that a lot of these you know people make, basically that Jake Allen will be number one by the end of the season. I don't know if it will be by the end of the season. Um, he's the eventual number one. I think it takes probably two years to get there. My only fear with Brian Elliott is that. It seems like when things start to go south for him, he gets stuck in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, no one is expecting this guy to go out and, and stonewall every team every night. But you're looking at a guy who's already ranking top 10 in shutouts for Blues. Yeah, he's like number top five, I think. Yeah, I mean, you think about the fact that he and, and Yarrow – both have put together great seasons. Yeah. Um, you know, the biggest strike that, that Brian Elliott has is he is prone to giving up a soft goal at a horrible time. Yeah. 
it, it just seems to be something that plagues him is that he will snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. Um, you like, know, for example, the, the LA goal two years ago in the playoffs mm-hmm. or three years ago, I'm sorry, three, three years yeah. ago in the playoffs. You know, you look at that, you look at, there's just, there's a few times where he's just like, Oh my God. And they're always goals that, you know, he makes that, that save nine out of 10 times. Yeah. That sucks. Um, uh, but, you know, the guy is a solid goaltender. And, you know, a lot of people ran Yarrow out of town. And I think it's because of the two, Elliot was the more personable. Likely, yeah. Um, I don't care, man. I don't care. Stop like, fuck. Yeah. Like, not to deviate too far, we want to make this quick, but I'm a Buffalo Bills football fan. And my team is switching quarterbacks this week to, to Kyle Orton. <laughs> and I've been asked a ton of times by people, hey man, what do you think about Kyle Orton? Look man, I'm a Buffalo Bills football fan. I have seen 20 quarterbacks since Jim Kelly, give or take. I'm to the point where I just want to win. I don't care if my quarterback is a three foot two midget with flipper arms. That'd be awesome actually. If he can throw the ball and complete it and score touchdowns, then play him. That's kind of where I am now with the blues and goaltending. I don't care if my guy likes to talk a lot and could be a stand-up comedian. I don't care if he's neurotic and has panic attacks and needs to sit in the corner for an hour after a game. I don't care. As long as when he's on the ice, he can stop the puck. Yeah. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. If he wants to own a, if he wants to live on a, on a carnival and raise alpacas, I don't care. That'd be awesome, actually. Too. Do not care. Just win me hockey games. So, uh, out of all the depth that the Blues have had, like in all offense and defense this year, all the people they brought in and everybody that they have, like now, surprisingly, now they're all, like the goaltending is the one that's like questionable because after right. uh, Allen, you're looking at Jordan Bennington, who was only in. Uh, the ECHL last year. Now he's going to be splitting time with Matt Climey and the Chicago Wolves. And Matt Climey is not a uh, no. property of the Blues, and, not, and he's up for life for AHL goal at the end of the day too. We, you know, we we mortgaged the farm with the the right. Ryan Miller trade on multiple fronts because we knew if it blew up and didn't work, it was going to push our timeline with Jake Allen. Which we all knew Jake Allen was going to be on the roster this year, but you figure if if you roll into the season with Ryan Miller and Jake Allen, Jake Allen's got three or four more years before he's got to be the man. Yeah. Whereas now with Brian Elliott and Jake Allen, two yeah. years, three years, maybe if not now, if not, know. I mean, I think by the end of the season, it's a stretch. I think that Allen is great. I've said for years. I think Allen is the goaltender of the future. I don't think he's ready to put on an 82 game season yet. Yeah, he's 24 years old, so he'll still yet put in his time, just like yep. how Ben Bishop was. I think you give this kid 30, 35 games this year. Mm-hmm. You know, if if needed, he can go more. Um, but I, I think you let this kid take on a, a quarter to a third of the season this year. Next year, you give him half. Yeah. Or a little more, and you start making that transition. Unless the kid just catches fire, yeah, something catches like you did the one year when we were uh, the lockout year. Yeah, where you yeah, started. man, two years ago, if it wasn't for Jake Allen, this team doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, because they were sucking a rut that year, like crazy. Allen and, or I'm sorry, uh, Elliot and Yarrow couldn't stop a beach ball. Yeah, that was uh, they're struggling, and then 
he came in and stabilized the ship, and then they went. Absolutely. Up. So, awesome. So, let's go. Uh, I want to do a little prospect watch real quick. Top ten prospects. Just okay. roll through it real quick. Uh, either just as by the hockey news, what the top ten prospects are. I don't have enough time to sit there and research and point them out. So, uh, their number one is Dimitri Yaskin. It was with Chicago last year, probably with the team this year. I think he makes the team. Uh, second is Jake Allen with Chicago last year, best goalie in AHL last year. Most so. certainly makes the team this yes. year. Number three, uh, this year's first rounder, Robbie Fabry, Fabry, uh, 18 years old with golf last year. Uh, they have him not pegged to make the NHL till the 17, 18 year. I move that up two years. I agree. Yeah. So I think he can be with the team possibly next year. Uh, Ty Ratty of Chicago last year. Um, yeah, an 11 draft. He's 32nd overall. That was the uh, Colorado pick basically yep. that year. Uh, number five, Ivan Barbashev. Dude, two, I say two years away. Barbashev, yeah. Yeah. At least. I think Raddy is the new Yaskin. I think Raddy is going to be the first call-up. Yeah, for offensive guy. So I think so. Um, yeah, Barbashev is only 18. Uh, didn't have the best preseason games. Maybe just kind of like nerves. I'm and sure. He's 18. Like Becca said, like I made my debut when I was 21. Yeah. And I was nervous. I can't imagine being, or 22, I can imagine being 18 and doing it. So, um, so yeah, he's ahead of the curve. So give him time. Like he'll probably do the rest of this year in, uh, uh, Moncton of the queue. Yeah. But he'll be back. Uh, I think he's still not eligible for the, I think he has another year. He has to be in the queue. Yeah. As like an older guy. Mm-hmm. And then he can go to the AHL. So he might be three, maybe three at the most. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely a player to watch. And that was a, one another steal of the, this year's draft. Huge steal. Uh, Joel Edmondson, number, uh, 21-year-old defenseman. Been hurt this year. Uh, he's big and mobile. Uh, yep. Not too much offense to him. Uh, Jordan Smaltz, uh, in the first round pick in the 12 draft. Uh, basically his point totals have, uh, would doubled last year in his sophomore year in college. So, Looks like he's on his way up, so he is probably another two or three years away. Defensemen take their time. We got enough defense here. Yeah, man. So hang out, have a coke and a smile. Yeah, so he'll be fine. Tommy Vanilli, not Millie. Yeah, exactly. I was waiting for it. I was trying to beat you to it, but and then uh, man, the WHL Medicine Hat last year, uh, probably a few years away, but uh, another good defenseman. Here's a guy that their Blues have uh, apparently been very high on, and he had a pretty good camp this year. Colton uh, Pareko, the dude is huge, six seven. It's a large man. Uh, and the twelve draft at eighty six overall, and they said he, they have him here pegged for the two thousand eighteen nineteen year, probably right. But they said that this guy has made a lot of leaps and bounds the last couple of years, and he's twenty one years old now. So who knows how it is? They have Jordan Bennington as their number ten. He's an EACHL last year. That was his first year pro, and he played pretty decent. So probably not up here for a while. I think if something happens to goaltending, um, I'll call it right now. If something, let's say one of the two goalies is hurt, um, I'll, I'll say you're going to see, uh, I'm going to call it Martin Broder in a Blues jersey. You think so? If it's a long-term injury. If it's something like, Ugh. if it's like, oh, hey, he's hurt for, let's say Allen or Elliot's hurt for a couple games. Like, oh, he just has like a, uh, contusion or whatever, something something minor to the point where it's like, oh, we have a back-to-back game, I need somebody up here, and then we have a game on a day later or two right. days later. Right. Like, that'll be nothing. I'll see you'll see Bennington back and whoever up. But let's say you have one of the two goalies cross our fingers out for, let's say, 30, 40 games. Right. Uh, 
you know, see, I think you see somebody brought in. I'll say the best one on the market, honestly, is Martin Broder. It's more of name, uh, yeah. more of name than skill. But if you can say he doesn't have a team right now and say, hey, we'll give you, you know, a million-dollar contract or whatever to come play or at least sit on the bench for a couple, maybe start, our friend Mike would probably like, crap himself if that happened. Really? That's his boy. So, Jeez. But uh, it would look so weird. But uh, it would look weird, but I'm just saying, like, that would be – I would say they'll bring in a, let's say not even Martin Roder. Let's say they'll bring in some kind of veteran backup. Sure. I said Martin Roder because I, I think it'd be kind of cool. Eh? It would be. I mean, you know. And uh, he's the best. And if you look out on our goaltenders that are still available out there. Yeah. It's either him or like Tim Thomas. Like I looked through him real quick and I was like, ugh, this doesn't look good. What's the age difference in those two? Mm, I think Broder's older by a couple years. I think, yeah. I think Thomas is like 37. He's like 40 ish. Yeah, boy, but Thomas has looked bad. Yeah, we saw him last year and did not look good. So, uh, uh, from our prediction shows, we went over earlier. I had the Blues pegged as second in the Central and definitely in the playoffs. And Chris, I put him in first. I said that it was really a coin flip between the Blues and Chicago, uh, and I gave the edge to the Blues just because I think the Blues want to win the division more, mm-hmm. and I Chicago's agree. more concerned about just getting into the playoffs where the, more than where they finish. And uh, I'll just go through the lines real quick. Uh, that is pretty much been playing during the preseason looks like they're gonna the definite starting line that's for sure that's what it's out there is back as center with oshi on one wing and berglund on the other which is weird i berglund plays his best when he's with oshi i don't know why but that's true when it, it is line he played and whenever they got reunited for a little bit they always played well now you say that's a starting line that doesn't necessarily mean that it's number the number one, one line. line. But that's it just like means that's a, that's a line that is one together. One line that's definitely together. Let's put it that way. Uh, the other one that's been floating around is Stastny at center with Yoko Lindstrom on the right and Alexander Steen on the left. Yeah. And I like uh, the one that's been flipping around, but it's pretty much been settled. Laterra centered with Tarasenko on the right. And on the left, Jaden Schwartz. Uh, that was pretty much Robbie Fabry's spot for most of the preseason, but since Schwartz is back, that's yeah. why we point out that Robbie Fabry won't make the team because you, that's, like we said, probably Robbie Fabry's spot if it wasn't for Jaden Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah. Because I see him as the younger, it says weird, you know, Jaden Schwartz is like 21 or 22. Right. Younger version of like. No, I agree. It's crazy. I, you hit it on the head. I don't even need to. I can, there's nothing I can add to that because you're 100% right. Yeah. So if, then you go into your fourth line. Uh, looks like with Steve the Pirate. Yeah. He is on the left wing. Ott on the left. Maxime LaPerriere in center. Ryan Reeves on the right. It's crazy. Uh, so that's a. That's deep. That's a deep team. That is a deep, deep forward core. And then uh, your extras, I think, for the year. I think you'll see Chris Porter as the extra, one of the extras. Um, do you think at some point we ship Magnus Payarvi? Yeah, and he'll be the extra. Um, I think to, I, from what the quote I saw Hitch said today, he said this is a big game for him. So I think he's a very big and important game to him. So he kept he said it multiple, like the same statement twice. Which I like him a lot. I really do. I just think he needs like um, there's just that? no room for him you here. Need a, you need a talent around. He, he he's not a grinder guy. No, he did put on like about six or seven pounds of muscle. But he's stuff, not a third fourth line guy. He's not. He and, has too much speed. And yeah, and he's just he's speed. not going to break our top six. Yeah. So you know, I look and at can, unfortunately you can't get much for him, which sucks. No, but you might be able to package him and yeah, draft pick or something like that, and and try to move up into the draft. 
I held him on the team the rest of the year, you know, and then but then he's signed. I don't know if he's signed. To look that up. If he's uh, signed for next year, but uh, yeah, I just unfortunately for him, it's just you got on a team from a team that's not good and stacked. You know, a team from uh, Edmonton that's pretty much throwing anybody they draft into the fire right away, yeah. like him, which I think wasn't good for him. No, he's one of those guys that he if he sat and developed for a couple of years, he might be a lot better. I agree. You know, there's a lot of people who still want to piss and moan because that's who we that's who we got in return for for David Perron. Mm. And the thing with Perron wasn't that Perron was was lacking in skill. I just don't think Perron was ever going to buy into the team philosophy. And you know, when that's the case, you can't have you know eleven guys going one direction and one guy going the opposite. It's just not going to work. And, you know, I think towards the end of Perron's day, you started to even hear, you know, without saying his name, the, the players were talking about everybody needs to do this, you know, and there's certain people who just aren't doing it. Um, and so you get a guy in return like Payarvi, who is a good player, but, dude, this team is not the team it was even three years ago. Yeah. And there's just, unfortunately for a guy like like, like him, there's no room at the end. So I, I think at some point you have to look and, and go, look, kid, you know, you can stay here and know that you're going to be a healthy scratch probably 70% of the season, or we can try to deal you and get what we can. And, you know, even if that's a third rounder or a second rounder, yeah. it, do what you it do. gets you something that you're going to need. Yep. So uh, I was on Cap Geek looking, so – the who are is going to be free agents at the end of next year. I'll just roll through or at the end of this year. Who'll be free agents for next right. off season? Maximil Perry, or excuse me, Magnus Payarvi. There will be a restricted free agent, so still has restricted rights, which could pay off for any team. So that could sure. also help trade value. Uh, Maximil Perry will be unrestricted. Uh, Tarasenko will be a restricted free agent. That'll so get signed. He will get a bridge deal, probably similar to. Absolutely. Unless he goes 50-goal season or something. Like something crazy yeah. this year. He'll pretty much get that. Uh, Joachim Lindstrom, Chris Porter are unrestricted. Uh, Vladimir Saboka, who we lost, uh, is still technically that there. That dude's not coming back. If he comes back, he's, he already says he wants to play for another team. Yep. So That's another anybody. dude. That's that's the deal right there. Maybe you take Payarvi and the rights to Saboka and you send him somewhere yeah. to get something. Yeah. I would say that would have been a perfect pair to send to the Islanders, Mike. Maybe before they make trades today, like sure up their bottom six. Their top six isn't awful. Yeah. So anyway, uh, another so defense wise, unrestricted are both Jordan Leopold and Jabert Jackman. So I think I think I don't think Leopold comes back. And if Jackman comes back, it's not going to be for the three point one he's making now. And I think you're to the point now where Jackman's almost a year to year deal. And then uh, Ian Cole will be restricted still. They'll sign him. They'll sign him, and he was only making eight hundred twenty-five thousand this year, so yeah. he could get a little boost in pay. Goaltending wise, uh, Jake Allen will be restricted free agent. So, um, I, they'll sign him. He's young, and of the two, he's the future. Unless he melts down this year. Yeah. So it looks like, and the Blues have about um, three dollars. No, I believe not more than that. They're right now ranked ninth in NHL in uh, salary. They have a 1.083333 cap space. Wow. And that's with 23 players. Okay. Uh, those three teams that are over right now being Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, and Washington. Neat. 
Um, damn, well, Washington get under because they have 24 guys on the roster. Same with Tampa Bay. Philadelphia will go down because they will uh, put Chris Fr- Chris Pronger on long-term IR. But you have to do that at the I forgot that he's still on that roster. Yeah, he will. Let me see how much he's I think he's making like almost six or maybe five, between five and six. So, anyway, uh, that's our Blues preview. And I said, um, like I said, how things work out. We'll see how things are for uh, when he uh, – Monday for the other two, for both Jeff and – Mike, hopefully Chris will be here. We'll see how late it gets, though. Thursday night prediction. So, let's see. Home opener against the the defending Eastern Conference champions, the New York Rangers. I'll go 4-2 to two Blues. I say Tarasenko with two, Laterra with one. Eh, let's give the new guy. Let's give Paul Stastny one, too. I'm going to say 5-3 Blues. I think Tarasenko hits two. I think Stasny gets one. I think Bacchus gets one. And the fifth one, um, I'll give it to a defenseman, and I'll say Fun Bobby puts one in the net. There you go. Uh, Pronger, actually, his uh, cap hit is 4.94. So they're still – they got a little room to do. They have 20, That's for 25 guys on their roster, so they'll probably be under just barely. So anyway, uh, it's going to be a fun year, I think, for the St. Louis Blues. Um uh, can we just can we just get in the DeLorean now and go to April? Yeah, I know. It's like I just want to get there and just see what's going to happen. So, or even like May or June, just to right. sit him there and see what's there. And it's like, uh, uh, they can celebrate or not celebrate. But uh, like I said, our goal is to have uh, content every week. Yeah, and have it out there. We'll be on iTunes and on our website, blueshockeypodcast dot com. Uh, all one word, and also keep checking our Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL. Um, we have personal Twitters if you care uh, at JPM Blues Fan Twenty One. I'm at Hossapalooza. That's H O S S underscore A underscore P A L O O Z A. And eventually, we'll just say you can just say it. Event, hopefully, you just say it, and it'll like come through. But you know, hopefully, people will like type that in. I know you've spelled out every week, which is really nice of you to do like, the underscores and everything. Yeah, because I, I typed it in one time to see if maybe it has like that, like Hospalooza just as like one word, and I don't see anything out yeah. there. So. That's why I do it. Yeah, so it was very nice of you to spell it out every week, and also find us on Facebook. Look it up at uh, Blues Hockey Podcast on Facebook, and uh, also email Blues Hockey Podcast all one word at gmail dot com. Uh, also thank Brooke Royal. For using their song Bleed Blue. Uh, great tune. It's on iTunes and Amazon for the very cheap, affordable price of $0.99. Cents. Uh, St. Louis Band, please support them. Nice guys. Local music is good. So we appreciate it. And Chris and I are done for now. And then we will be coming to you hopefully soon, along with Jeff Ponder, Mike Pepping. Keep listening. Go Blues, go Cardinals. And welcome back to the Blues Hockey Podcast. And, and now I'm here with not one, but both hosts of the KSDK Face-Off Show, Jeff Ponder and Mike Pepping. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Jason. Uh, I'm happy to be here. My name's Mike Pepping. And I'm Jeff Ponder, also happy to be here. Obviously, <laughs> you can tell that I'm the good-looking one. Yeah, oh, it must be oh. The name Jeff Ponder is a good-looking name. I know, it's way better than Mike Pepping. By the way, everybody, we reversed those. I am Jeff Ponder. That is Mike Pepping. 
That's correct. So, yes, I'm really Mike Pepping. Yeah, it's Mike Pepping. So these, both Jeff and Mike are the host of the KSDK Faceoff Show that is on KSDK.com and hopefully be starting up soon when the season starts. We do have some plans in place. We got some uh, pretty exciting things we're going to do throughout the season. Uh, have a short little break here just because of some KSDK reasons, but shameless plug dot com. Uh, the sports tab, because Mike and I will be writing plenty of stuff for you to read, and um, I like to think we're okay at it. Yeah, seems to be that uh, people like us. Which I is guess great I like I like us. I like you guys. I Yeah, you always share us on Twitter. I always appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's no problem. So Big I appreciate fans it. Of the show. Yes, yeah. first time caller. Uh, what is it? First time caller. I don't know. Listener. Long-time, Long-time listener, listener, first-time caller. That's what it is. So, yeah. Yeah, actually, this is my second time calling. True. I'm a huge liar. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So we are here to awesome. do. We are here to do the uh, our Blues quote unquote roundtable discussion for the upcoming season. So we already had Chris and I's uh, detailed uh, podcast earlier. So now we're going with some uh, other viewpoints of the quote unquote experts. Oh, whoa! Look at that. Yeah. All right, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to go through a couple of little things. Uh, first off, let's just uh, some general stuff. So we're recording this on Monday, October 6th. So tomorrow at 4 p.m. is the upcoming uh, deadline to get, I guess, uh, compliant uh, with the NHL for your amount of your roster. So the Blues need to cut their roster down. It looks like they need to get rid of two forwards and one defenseman. So I'm curious to see what you guys think uh, these uh, cuts will be. There's a couple out there. A lot of people are picking different guys, so I'm kind of curious to see what you guys think is going to happen. Well, personally, uh, oh, go ahead, Mike, take this one. Uh, Well, I was just going to pass it off to you. We can both agree on this first one probably. Uh, Robbie Fabry, he's gone. He's back to juniors. He's awesome. He made the decision way harder than it uh, originally would have been. but. you know, he, he just needs to grow a little bit more in size. He's got the skill. He showed that in camp, but, uh, you know, he just needs that size now to stay healthy. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a tough decision, but I definitely agree. I think Robbie Fabry is the one to go. Um, we, uh, If anyone who listens to Mike and I, we are very high on Mr. Fabry. Um, real shame he has to go, but that Point is the uh, – Yeah, yeah, that, that is the key of having a good team, though, is that you're not able to bring up these young guys like Fabry uh, – let him kind of, you know, toil a little more in the juniors. Eventually he might get some AHL time before the NHL in the future. But, uh, yeah, he just needs to grow a little more. We've all talked about his size. He's a little smaller. Um, I think uh, he's the one to go, sadly. But on defense, i got to go Chris Butler, um, great St. Louis guy. Got to love him. Um, already cleared waivers. But um, I think that he will be uh, sent down to Chicago. Um with Gunnarsson out, or sorry, Gunnarsson out, uh, to start the season, I am happy to say I will do believe Pateri Lindbaum will be a St. Louis Blue on opening night. What do you think, Mike, for defense? Um, I agree that Lindbaum's going to make the cut, so uh, Butler for me too. I mean, it was kind of obvious once they cleared him on waivers that uh, he's probably not our 
top priority at this time. Uh, we've got a pretty stacked D line, and when Gunnarsson does come back, that's just going to be even that hard, that much harder. So it'll be a great uh, great midseason call up if we do run into some injury troubles. And uh, I believe me and Jeff have talked about that before, and it's only going to mean good things because when he gets in the play, he's a St. Louis guy, and he's going to play his heart out. There's more. There's obviously going to have to be one more cut, which is uh, crazy to think about. But um, I do think uh, Lindbaum, he's the easy choice because he can uh, be sent down, doesn't have to clear waivers or anything. But he has really impressed the Blues coaching staff. Big kid at six foot three. Uh, um, I do think they want to keep him. Yeah, so um, I'm going with uh, who do you think that second forward will be? I it's kind of a toss up for me right now. I'm not really sure. It looks like uh, from just reports that a lot of people are not high on uh, Magnus Payarvi right now. It seems like he bulked up and did the work in the off season, but so far hasn't translated into uh, I know in the short amount of time of preseason is, but it seems like there has been any results yet. Do you think he's in any danger of uh, possibly? the Blues risking him going down or possibly maybe even a trade? He, uh, If he were sent down, he would not clear waivers. I'll say that right now. Somebody will pick him up, former first-round pick. Um, guy has shown a lot of heart, a lot of hustle. Um, I think it's a possibility, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't – I mean, I think that's, once again, the beauty of this team. There's so many good players on it. Uh, you just don't know what's going to happen with some of these guys. I hate to say this because I think – I. Could be wrong on this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Dimitri Yaskin does not have to clear waivers, so I do believe you are it would be yeah, it would be Yaskin that would be sent down, which is a shame. But uh, you know, he knows just to work hard, and he'll be back up here sometime this year. Yeah, it's unfortunate for Yaskin, but he kind of ran into a problem of uh, too many great moves and uh, depth personnel up front that we've acquired over the summer, and now he's just kind of odd man out, but he showed us last year he needs a little more time to develop anyway, so it'll be for the better. We see what the Red Wings do. I mean, they uh, they, they over-ripen their players in the uh, junior ranks in the AHL and, and look at the teams they've had in the past. We're going to be able to do that with Yaskin. He'll be a first-line talent in the AHL. He'll be getting first-line minutes. So next year, later this year, whenever he gets another call-up, um, I think that he'll be ready to go and uh, he'll be able to prove that he belongs here full-time. You know, and just to keep it on the back burner, it wouldn't be a shock if we end up uh, parting ways with Chris Porter now that we're trying to do a new style of play. That is true. Uh, I like Chris Porter, but he is definitely a guy that, uh, at this point that the Blues have, uh, the depth they have, he is kind of expendable at this point, which is sad to say, but once again, it's just the beauty of having a, a strong depth team. Exactly. Yep. And we got Colin Frazier that, uh, you know, might actually be a little bit uh, more skilled at the same exact type of role. So uh, he's already in our in, in Chicago, and we'll have him there ready to go. Yeah, and the thing I like about Frazier is that uh, he's a guy who's uh, been far in the playoffs. He's won uh, three cups already in his uh, young career. So that's something that might uh, prove uh, invaluable come uh, April and May. So. And playing with uh, two teams that Blues fans love to hate, and he was a part of that. So I think we know he's, he plays that playoff style that uh, the Blues have needed so desperately in the past. Yep, I agree. So uh, let's go into our uh, little bit of talk about the Blues. So last year's record, the Blues had 
record of 52-23-7, good for 111 points. It was third in the West and fourth overall in NHL, so a very good year. Unfortunately, cut short in the first round by the Chicago Blackhawks. So, And the Blues went out in the offseason and picked up uh, numerous people, the top-line guy being uh, Paul Stasny, with a four-year, $28 million contract. Um, what do you think the Blues' uh, strength is going to this season after all these moves that they've made in the offseason? Why don't you go ahead, Mike? All right. <laughs> Because I have such a gracious co-host on the Face-Off show in Jeff Potter, I'll take this one. Um, we're going to see a lot of chemistry. It's just going to be up and down the lineup. We have people that have played with each other over the years, through the years, that mesh well and uh, complement each other's skill sets well. So we're going to see a ton of Team USA connections between Bacchus, Oshie, Shattenkirk, Stastny. Um, then we're going to see, you know, the Tarasenko, Tara Snipe show, uh, you know, <laughs> Eddie on a show with Latera, and, uh, you know, Schwartz, he's going to be on that line too. They're going to be amazing. I think that's going to be one of the most dangerous scoring lines in the NHL this year. Um, and then, you know, our lineup doesn't get any easier when you go down from there. So I think everybody's played together at the, at, you know, everybody's meshed over the years in some form or another, and right now it's about to start paying off with this new quick up uh, offensive style play we're going to have. Well, for me, um, first of all, completely agree with everything Mike just said, but I have to say center depth is is exactly where it's at. Um, I think we kind of lacked that last year. Um, David Backus is a great center, a uh, great two-way player, and he's probably going to start the year at center, but I, the, the beauty of having Paul Stastny is that you can, you, you have the option now to put David Backus on your wing and still have four solid centers down the middle. Um, Yori Laterra. We've talked about him. I know you guys have talked about him. Um, what we're going to see from him is beautiful. Being seeing uh, the 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 pairing of Latera Tarasenko, or as I like to call it, Latarasenko. Um, oh, it's, uh, <laughs> I can I can do it too. See, um, I uh, I think that that is going to be a beauty to watch. And as Mike said, having Schwartz on the wing, that is going to be a solid scoring line whether the first or second line. And then let's not forget Patrick Berglund, TJ Oshie. These guys can play center too. So plenty of depth down the middle, guys that can play two-way. Paul Stastny was the king of two-way playing Colorado last year. So uh, this is uh, most excited I've been for the center depth in St. Louis in a long time. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I think the center depth is probably the best it's been, oh gosh, I don't know, in the last 10 years probably. So Great Craig Jan here. Chris would love you for that. So yes, he would. And it'll yeah. definitely oh, of losing Saboka at that spot now that we've uh, you know <laughs> re-upped for the much better overall. And yeah. and just think about it too. I mean, I, I love Saboka and everybody does for their own reasons. But um, you know, if for whatever reason he does come back this year with the after his KHL season's done, think about the depth he got there. I mean that that's. Insane what we could have going into the playoffs. I'll be happy winning the cup without him. So, <laughs> yeah, right, there we go. So I think, uh, like you both said, I think the center depth is fantastic. Just depth overall, I think, is going to be the uh, key this year. If in case of any injury bugs pop up, and uh, chemistry. Yeah, chemistry. You're, you're <laughs> correct, sir. So on the flip side of that, um, what is a concern you have going into the the 2014-2015 season for the St. Louis Blues. Jeff, why don't you go first? 
my biggest concern is that um, I hate to say it, uh, but there's a lot of Blues fans thinking it. Mike is going to disagree with me. Uh, I'm slightly, and I'm going to say slightly, slightly concerned about the goaltending. And I love Brian Elliott. I've been a huge fan of Jake Allen over the years. But, uh, you know, we do have to admit, Brian Elliott had that weak stretch in 2012-2013, and I know it was just a small stretch and he came back strong, but it was there. It's happened. It was the weakest I've seen him play in his entire career. Uh, And Jake Allen's unproven. You know, uh, I'm rooting for the kid. Mike wrote a piece, a wonderful piece, about how we could be seeing the William M. Jennings back here in St. Louis again, and I agree with them. But I think it's going to be either feast or famine. I think either they're going to be spectacular or we're going to see a weak spot in goal. You know, and to expand on what Jeff just said, I agree that there is that question mark there because Jake Allen is untested and because Brian Elliott has shown throughout his career that he cannot be a true number one. But if everything falls in place, it'll be a good situation. However, what I'm most worried about is the lapses in defensive zone coverage. Over the years, that's been a problem for us. And, I mean, frankly, to be honest, with the add of the goaltending concern, when we do have those lapses in coverages – Probably more often now that we're trying to be more of a quick up, quick transitional team, um, you know, that's going to expose our goaltenders a lot more. And it's going to expose, you know, holes in our defense, guys in the slot, guys back door. And, uh, you know, Bear Jackman can't stop everything back there. So uh, we'll just have to uh, see how it works out. And hopefully our goalies can dig us out when we do have those lapses in coverage. And hopefully our back checkers will be there helping too, you know, playing 200 feet. And I think that, once again, that, that kind of plays into our depth. You know, if we do keep Lindbaum up with this team and, and we do see uh, Kevin Shattenkirk getting an increased role this year, things don't work out. We've got Chris Butler that is going to be able to step in for us. we got, uh, hopefully, Han- Yanni Hockenpah will be able to step up a little bit if we need him to. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. We've got um, some good some guys on this roster that are not made of glass. <clears throat> Carlo Koliakovo. Um, so, you know, I think we'll be yeah, no, fine. Sam Rapper's on the Rams, Jeff. I'll <laughs> right him too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be fine back there, but I do agree. I mean, we saw some lapses there against the Blackhawks in the playoffs, but, uh, we all know the coaching style of Ken Hitchcock. Hopefully he, uh, rectified the situation in the off season. Yeah, I, uh, agree with both your points, actually. That's very good points. The, uh, thing that I noticed the most out of the Blues is one of the frustrating things with me is the clearing the puck out of your own end when you have an opportunity. We've seen that a couple times in the preseason where that hasn't uh, happened and has turned around and been in the back of their own net. So that's definitely something to watch. So uh, and goaltending has kind of been the what everybody's been talking about, about if Elliott can prove, be a proven number one and if Jake Allen can be a uh, full-time NHLer. So... Uh, let's and I'll see. tell you right now, and I know that it's my concern, but I am excited. I'm excited to see what they can do. I hope that it's the situation that they're playing lights-out hockey like we saw with Halak and Elliott in 2011-2012. Perfect form for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm excited to see it. Um, you know, it's a concern, but it's also uh, just a, a great moment to be a Blues fan right now to see what these two can bring. I think another uh, point for maybe not a concern type uh, issue, but this is uh, potentially Ken Hitchcock's uh, maybe last year behind the bench, depending on how things go. So he says uh, recently Jim Rutherford wrote an article basically saying that he uh, you should thrive under pressure. Uh, so hopefully uh, 
with Hitchcock under the gun, maybe he'll uh, maybe pull out all the stops this year. So we'll be able to see uh, what comes of that. So we'll go with a, a basically an obvious thing here, but I'll see what you guys say. Who do you think will be kind of the quote unquote breakout star this year? Who do you think will step up uh, uh, and contribute, uh, be a main contributor on the squad this year? Um, well, you know, it comes as no surprise that this name's going to come out of my mouth because I've had a man crush on him since he was about 16 years old playing in the KHL. So, Tom Cruise? Thank oh, you. sorry, I thought it was Tom Cruise. Tim Turing. Vladimir Tarasenko already started to have his breakout coming out part. Whoa, well, breakout part. <laughs> there you go. We don't want There's no rumors. Don't read into that, Blues fans. That was just <laughs> just a co-host of a face-off show making an error right there. It's always um, the same one that does it, too. <laughs> Ooh, zing! <laughs> he, uh, he's already begun his breakout year. Um, I think he might even be a mainstream star in the NHL today if he wouldn't have ended up with those concussion issues in his rookie year and if it wouldn't have been cut short because of a lockout. So, um, you know, I expect him with Laterra back out his helm and uh, leading this line with Schwartzy on the other side. I think uh, they'll play together for a large part of the year. We know we're going to see every line combination under the sun, though, because it is Hitchcock. But I think no matter where he is, especially on the power play, he's going to give us that Steven Stamkos-esque element to our power play, and we're all going to feed off it. And, I mean, his amazing playmaking ability is going to shine through with the, who he's surrounded with. I have someone else, but um, I will piggyback off Mike first and say that uh, I think this is Tarasenko's year as well. I think that uh, the thing I love about him is that he back checks, he skates hard, every shift, and, and I am a big Alexander Ovechkin fan, but I will admit, that guy takes shifts off. We all see it. We see him do it all the time. We've seen the, we've seen the GIFs of him skiing across the neutral zone. I mean, it, we don't see that with Tarasenko, and that's what I love about him. He's a hard worker, and it seems like he always strives to be the best, and that's what you want in your players. But my breakout player that I want to talk about is a guy that's going to reach 60 points this year. That's right, folks. I'm making the claim right now. Kevin Shattenkirk is going to uh, be your 60-point scorer. Um, he's he's just he looked good in training camp. He looked really good in uh, preseason of what I saw, and I am extremely excited to see what he can do for this team. Um, I know a lot of people after the uh, postseason last year were calling for his head, wanting a trade because he – backed up and backed up on Patrick Kane. But, you know, let's face it. He wasn't the only one that did that in the playoffs against Kane. Kane and Taze both had way too much time and, and room with the puck. I think you're going to see a change in the, the defensive structure this year. I think Shattenkirk's going to thrive having his old buddy Paul Stastny on the team. I think this offense is going to be so much better than last year, more dynamic, able to score all four lines. Um, and I think... That's only going to help the back end. These guys on the points are going to be able to get more points because of it, and uh, I think you're going to see Shattenkirk have a really big year. Uh, it's a definitely good uh, choice there, Jeff, because it uh, looks like uh, I believe Jeremy Rutherford had an early, early, early article about uh, Shattenkirk basically saying that uh, Doug Armstrong and Ken Hitchcock came to him after the Chicago series and pretty much just laid it all out there, just how he was getting pushed off the puck too easy and how um, he just wasn't good enough in the defensive zone. And they said it hurt to say it, but it's like it had to be said. And they think he recommitted himself and he bulked up and they're expecting a big year out of him. And definitely Tarasenko too. He definitely is, is a defenseman that 
is very positional. He's positionally sound. I, I want to make this reference, but people are going to blow up if I do. I want to say he plays a style similar to Al McInnes, but we all know he's not Al McInnes. Don't worry. Don't jump down my throat, fans. Um, he just plays the game positionally well, but sometimes you fall victim to that because you think, okay, I'm not a physical defenseman, and, yeah, it, it means you lose puck battles. You uh, you know end up sliding the puck up the boards when you probably shouldn't. You should have held on to it. That kind of stuff happens to him a lot, and I think you're going to see a change in him this year, and we're not going to see as many mistakes. you got to also remember, he's still one of the younger ones. You know, He's still coming into his own right now. Now he's in his, uh, like coming into the late 20s, and he's really coming into the prime of his career. So uh, things are really looking up. Yep, so that's amazing just on some of, you know, we've seen a lot of these guys mature from being, you know, early 20s, and now they're getting to be late 20s. It seems like these guys have been around forever, like the Oshis, the Berglunds. Like, they've been around for such a long time, and yet they're still in their 20s, and it's just amazing that to see that they should be hitting their prime just now, and they've been pretty good players, and they always can get better now. So They grow it's up exciting. so fast. That's <laughs> true. So an exciting year for the Blues, uh, hopefully. So now it's the good old prediction time. So I'd like to see where you guys think the Blues will finish in the Central. And if you want to go beyond that, it's up to you. So uh, uh, who should I go with? I'll go with Mike first. What the heck? Where right. the Blues finish in the Central? Uh, so Central Vision is going to be tough this season. And, I mean, I think the breakout team we have to look for in the entire Western Conference maybe even at this point is going to be those Dallas Stars. I mean, they were already dangerous last year, and about 90% of their points came from two players. Now that they have compliments around them and still one of the best goalies in the league who's coming into camp healthy, uh, I mean, I'm really worried about them. So I'm saying they uh, they might end up uh, winning the division on us. <laughs> but uh, I think we'll be in either second or third place in the central and then probably uh, second place overall, or I'm sorry, uh, second to fourth place overall conference. I'm not worried about where we end up. I know we'll be uh, playoff bound. And uh, really, I don't care who we match up against at what seed. We just need to be focused on business when the playoffs come. So uh, I think we'll finish around fourth in the conference, second or third in the, in the division. And uh, we better be ready come April. I'm going to make a bold prediction. Number one. They're going number one in the Central. I wanted to do it, but I left it for you. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I'm going to say number one in the Central. Um, I feel like this team, I think one of you actually said it on your Central Division preview show, um, that this team feels like they have something to prove. Um, yeah, I don't, Chris, is, Chris, is, Chris picked number of them to finish first, and I uh, said Chicago will be in first. I, and finish yeah, up. I completely agreed with Chris on that. You're so wrong, Jason. That's a, <laughs> that sounds about right. No, no. I, mean, I just feel like the Blues, just they, they they've never, to me, been able to hit that second gear. We see teams like L.A. and Chicago and even like the New Yorks and the Bostons. When it comes to March, it seems like they just hit this extra gear. The Blues never do. They just they play that same style throughout the year, and you never seem to have that extra push. I think we're going to see that this year. I feel like um, it's, a, it's a do or die for Hitchcock. I feel like he knows that – I'm not saying that they're definitely going to fire him, but it, I think it's definitely uh, – a possibility if we don't make it past the first round. So uh, what better way to get past the first round than try and get a, a higher seed and go in with some momentum into the playoffs, unlike last year when we went on a six-game losing streak and 
ended up losing the first round. So I think that uh, they're going to come out strong. I think Chicago is going to be right behind us. It'll be a battle to the end. And I agree with Mike that uh, Dallas is the team to watch. I, uh, Oh, my, my, that first line is scary beyond belief. Um, and, you know, not only that, they got great goaltending, great defense. I think it's going to be a 1-2-3 finish with St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas. Beyond that, I see Colorado making a push, Minnesota making a push, and then Nashville, uh, middle of the pack in the West, not making the playoffs, and then Winnipeg just uh, trying to get Connor McDavid. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a good battle here in the Central Division. Uh, as far as playoffs, Mike, I'll let you comment here about on this in a second. I, I think we're going to make it past the first round, and I think there's a good possibility we'll make it past the second, but it completely matters on uh, matchups. I do not want to be the guy to sit here and say that they're a Stanley Cup-bound team. Frankly, I'm tired of hearing that. Um, we need to make it past a round of the playoffs and possibly make it to the Western Final before we even start talking Stanley Cup. So um, I'd like to see them just get one or two playoff wins under their belt in terms of series wins, and then we'll talk the rest. But um, it, like I said, it really depends on matchups for me. I agree, Jeff. And, uh, you know, I think that anything less than a Western Conference final appearance right now probably an exit for Hitch. Um, we, I mean, we've had too many excuses in the past, varying coaches, varying years, but uh, if we don't make it with this core group of players and the potential we have this year, I mean, barring obviously significant injuries and things of that nature, I think it might be a failure. My original two-year plan in my perfect world was uh, we make it to the conference finals last year and then push for the cup this year. But, um, you know, uh, now we just need to prove ourselves, erase the bad luck we've had the last couple years in the playoffs, really get focused. And, uh, Jason, like you said, this team has something to prove. Or, Jeff, I believe you might have said it. This team does have something to prove. And um, look forward to play, a chip on their, play with a chip on their shoulder the entire year and in well into the playoffs because they need to. Otherwise, uh, nobody's safe next year, like the Hawks. Hey, your, the Hawks. Uh, your, your prediction last year, thanks, Ryan Miller. <laughs> hey, once I'm, I saw him cry in his press conference leaving Buffalo, what did I say to you? I said, uh-oh, this is not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. He was literally going from 30 to first, and he was crying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but man, things that worked out last year, so we'll see how things go. So I appreciate you guys uh, coming on and sharing your thoughts. So I want you to uh, maybe let us know where you can find not only your guys' face-off show, but anything that you guys are writing at the moment. Well, uh, for me, you can follow me on Twitter. I post everything I write on there. It's at uh, jponder94. You can also find me on Facebook. I will add you if you are a Blues fan, so uh, don't worry about that. Um, also, Mike and I, we both write for the hockeywriters.com, so make sure you check us out there. But we also have all of our blue stuff going up on ksdk.com. Just click over there, go to the sports tab, and then uh, if you want to filter even more, go to the blues tab, and you'll find us there. That's also where you'll find the face-off show. As I said, not a lot going on with that right now, but in the very, 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 very near future, we will start doing it a lot more. So be sure to tune in for that. Yep, Jeff uh, Jeff covered everything. All I got to add is um, if you're ever at a game, try to find one of us, text us, whatever, uh, get a hold of us on Twitter, and uh, we're going to do some cool fan stuff for the face-off show throughout the year. So 
Um, you know, we could definitely use your help, and uh, we love the fans. You guys are the voice of the team, and we just want to be a part of you and let your voices be heard. So look for us there. My Twitter handle, at Pep30, way shorter and cooler than Jeff's, so, you know, you can follow me first. Takes a lot less time to type. <laughs> but, yeah, we got some previews coming up this week, actually. Look for uh, season previews and uh, what we've learned from the preseason so far. So, yeah, we'll look forward to that, and we'll definitely – uh, retweet those out and put those on our Facebook page for you guys to appreciate read. So I appreciate you guys coming on and taking some time out of your guys' busy schedule because I know this is opening week. Now, Jeff, you got a lot on your plate this week, so you're going to be a busy yes. man. Yes, so very much so. So I appreciate and by the it. Way, by the way, you could have texted me at the bachelor party. I would have responded. Oh, I was fine. I was. I just thought about it when me and Chris were watching the game, and I was like, what are my partners doing right now? Yep. I was like, all right, it's about 9.30. I'm like, I'm sure it's nice just getting started, so I'm sure he's good. 9.30, yep, we were still not in Soulard. So, yeah, that was uh, – but, no, anytime, any questions you have about Merrick Swatos, make sure you hit me up. <laughs> I know. I, was, I, I seriously was beating myself up, like, for the rest of the night. And I don't know why I didn't even – I could have just Googled it, but I didn't. I sat there, like – and I didn't want to say, it's a European guy. Yeah. I'm like, I knew that much. And I'm like, that's not going to suffice, so – I'll just I'll I'll just leave for ponder. I know he'll get back to me within 24 hours once yep. he listens to it. The minute I listened to it, I was like, Barry Smeltos. I actually thought I said Kyle Wellwood in my head. I knew it was Kyle Wellwood. I'm like, I know it's not the guy though. Yep. <laughs> so I yep. sat there. I'm like, no, it's not it. So I appreciate that. So yeah. thank you guys for coming on. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Mike. And we'll catch everybody next time. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, Thanks Jason. Steve. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. See you, Jeff. <laughs>